Oh, are you done rhyming? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, a podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. And this week we're going to talk about another new episode of WandaVision. We watched the first episode of Flight Attendant. And Was it only one? I thought we went into two. We did not. It was only one. It was really good. But it was oh, only one. Okay. And we'll watch the second one after we're done here, probably. I... Right? swore we watched two episodes okay well we'll see (laughs) i thought i was drunk Um, hey now hey now (laughs) and then uh, we also watched judas and the black messiah and weathering with you a couple movies on hbo max both pretty good yeah yeah Uh, i enjoyed both of them i mean yes (laughs) okay (laughs) we'll get there yeah other than that i don't know i don't have a lot from from the week i got my uh well medical information out there for anybody who's curious got my cpap machine yeah it does uh, not bother me which was my second biggest concern because i do care about how well you are resting i mean yeah so there's some hiccups for sure but definitely overall I, i would say better sleep my my first morning that i woke up and went to work when i was at the tail end of my commute and still basically 100 percent awake (laughs) <laughs> got so a little awful. emotional <laughs> oh my gosh i hate when you tell me how tired you are driving <laughs> yeah well I mean, it's not great but hopefully it's uh semi-soft so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anything else i don't really have anything i've done yeah, almost I think nothing this i think this quick, week might be a quick episode <laughs> yeah um i feel like i've tried to sneak a few things in there but i haven't i, I can't so I must not have, because I can't think yeah, of anything that I've done actually absolutely done. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Other than the stuff we're going to talk about. Correct. Although we did uh, start that Netflix show. What was it crime something? Hotel. <laughs> no. Crime scene. Crime, crime scene, scene. Hotel yeah. Cecil. About the Hotel Cecil, which we watched two episodes of that, and that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, super fucked up. Yeah. So. Uh, which yeah. will, you know, real life is shitty. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it just. Anyway, do you want to get into WandaVision? So I think we're probably going to talk about every episode. The yeah. thing is, it's like a new Marvel property every week. Yes. And, and so, it, I mean, and I think that we can justify watching it every week. I mean, talking about it after we've watched it every week, because the credits are as long as movie credits. So it's essentially like watching a mini movie that's right. every week. But <laughs> it's also important to the overall MCU, which yeah. we love. I just... Every week I'm like, WandaVision. You're like, again? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I was very excited for this because there was talk about the sixth episode being the Halloween episode when I read that article that you sent me regarding some of the... um, Really? The Easter eggs. Okay. I I don't remember that. (laughs) So I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, you forgot. Obviously. Okay. That's my... That's kind of my thing. Yeah. And yeah, so episode six was awesome. I really like how they figured out 
how to fit the costumes into this world she created. It's called the all new Halloween spooktacular was the title of the episode. (laughs) And, uh, you know, when we turned it on, we're not, I guess, super plugged into like Easter eggs and what has happened and what is coming. So we were kind of surprised that they jumped forward to the aughts with kind of a Malcolm in the middle, Malcolm in the middle motif. Because I thought they were going to be doing the nineties, the nineties. Yeah. Maybe there wasn't any good family television in the nineties. That doesn't sound right. I know well, we already no. brought up Full so House. So there definitely I was mean, family television. Yeah, I Full guess House that might be the operative. What word. was the the want Family Matters that we used to watch? Yeah, that was mostly nineties. And then for sure. Yeah, I mean whatever you know, TGI Friday television. Uh, uh, what was that one? Boy Meets World. Like all those. Those were definitely nineties. Yeah, they just and skipped they, it. Uh, they didn't want any of that. They no. wanted no piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's fine. Although. I would say I ne- mostly, I've mostly... never seen an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. So I was even surprised that you were like, oh, maybe this is like Malcolm in the Middle. And I was like, how would you know that? <laughs> well, I'd seen uh, at least pieces of a couple different episodes. But yeah, I was actually impressed with myself as well. I know you didn't use the word. <laughs> I know you didn't use the word impressed, but um, I yeah, mean, it's that's where to we're assume at. You're, to assume you're so impressive. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I really like the episode. Uh, I really liked the, I think all but one of the episodes have had a commercial in the middle at some point, And this one was, uh, right. Was the only one was the one that didn't have a new episode of WandaVision. Right. And <laughs> this one was the stop animation cartoon with the yogurt. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. <laughs> it's really funny. I've heard a couple places talk about how each commercial kind of reflects a different infinity stone. Oh, and uh, you know, it's, um, I read a brief summary of how, you know, you really have to look for it, but the Rolex, or not the Rolex, but the watch commercial, Mm -hmm. the Hydra logo is obviously the time stone, the toaster that, that I guess kind of resembles Vision's head for the mind stone. Interesting. (laughs) This, this one, uh, mm, I think it was the soul stone. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I can pull up the article, but (laughs) I'm not going to. No. I'll just, uh. They're all in there almost. So there's one more left for maybe the next episode because there's still three episodes left, I think. But I don't know how people carry this information in their brains in order to like piece things together and find and find these things. I, I guess I'm not really not a super fan specialty. of anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> like there is nothing that I know that much about. Um, or nothing that you think that much about because that's... It's not something that's immediately apparent, right? You kind of have to think about it and be like, oh, maybe uh, this. Yeah, I guess. But You're just not a, I mean, the a turnaround, thinker. <laughs> I guess, but the turnaround on some of those articles that come out with Easter eggs, I'm like, well, like, what do people do with their time? So some of that's got to be like just in their Well, I, I think their that brains they already, do those articles right? with their time. So. <laughs> <laughs> well. But you already brought up the costumes, which were amazing, and Quicksilver you know, who showed up at the very end of the last episode. He's just such a great addition. And he also changes into a, a pretty funny facsimile of his comic book costume, obviously, really quickly. quickly. Mm-hmm. He does call the kids Demon Spawn, which is... Yeah, there's... there's pointing defi- to Mephisto, kind there of. There definitely seems to be kind of a, an angling towards that, which mm-hmm. is one of the, the theories... Uh, but you know, you really haven't gotten too far, even on episode six, too far into 
solving the mystery of the the hex that they're in, right? Like Wanda is obviously in control to a certain degree, but she even seems kind of confused about what's going on. Right. But Quicksilver seems to have more information than anybody else. Right. But in a he's he doesn't really care kind of way. Yeah, we're not sure how he fits in, right? Because he where did he come from? Everything else in this world has come from something else that exists in this world that she's just sort of transformed. So how is he even physically there? It's, it's like probably. Yeah. The weirdest I mean, I mystery. did see, I did see something that said, you know, maybe he is not actually even the X-Men version of Quicksilver. He might be Mephisto. Yeah. Interesting. So, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff. And now there are kids in this episode, which there wasn't before, which was brought up. Right. (laughs) Where have you been hiding all these kids? Yeah. (laughs) And Wanda's kids now have um, abilities. And also, you got a little more information. We knew they had abilities before they were making themselves grow. Um, Sure. But they have different abilities now. Like yes, okay, so they're coming into their own abilities. Yeah, like one okay. is kind of like Quicksilver, and one has some kind of telepathy, right? Yeah, is that where he's got magic mom powers? <laughs> yeah, and the outside world is kind of revealing. Outside the hex is revealing that you know Monica Rambo, her molecular structure has, has al- been altered by yeah. going through the barrier twice or being in there once. It's kind of unclear. I think at this point, but also speculation like that molecular change might be the start of the mutants in the MCU. And Oh, interesting. Yeah, because she's definitely, I'm not entirely familiar with her entirely. I'm not at all familiar with her character, Monica Rambeau. Uh, but I think, you know, she had the Ms. Marvel moniker at some point, and I'm not sure what her powers usually are. I know she's had other names, uh, superhero names. Okay. But it's all super great. And the episode closed out with, you know, Vision continuing his uh, journey to try to find out what's going on and the hex expanding even further than it had. Right. Been, from um, into Westview. Vin. Yeah. Eastview. Eastview. Westview. Because yeah, it was already Westview. I right. thought it was in Eastview and then it went into West. Whatever. The no. point is, it's expanded. <laughs> That's great. I'm ready for uh, the next episode. Today's Sunday. So we got a ways. Yeah. Uh, bummer. Bummer. I'm sure we'll find some things to watch in between. Yeah. Did like, you just uh, make fun of me for saying bummer? No, I was agreeing with you. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> Good <then>. deal. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we are definitely going to watch in the interim, though, is Flight Attendant. Yes. Because the first season's done, right? I think I looked at it was eight episodes uh, are on HBO Max so far. And we watched the first episode last night and it was really good. And potentially the second. And it's also no, so funny. Really. <laughs> it's it's funny. Like it's darkly funny. Yeah. Dark humor. Um, kind of a murder mystery. And season two has actually already been um greenlit. So Yeah, and it's she's going a little nuts. A season. She's got some like PTSD or something going on. Oh yeah. So Kaylee Cuoco is the star Haley. of the show. Haley? Kaylee? Kaylee. Oh. <laughs> Who we are very familiar with. <laughs> um, I think I've seen half an episode of Big Bang Theory. Big Bang. Big, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> We've seen half, a, half an episode more than me. It's crazy. We had this conversation last night that it's one of the, or it's the biggest show, right? Of like the 2010s. Right. And we've just, just missed it. Not been interested. And 
I read an article somewhere or an editorial, whatever. I read a piece about why real geeks don't like Big Bang Theory. And I can't remember anything about it except for after I read it being like, okay, now I feel okay about not watching it. <laughs> because I was like, this feels like something I should be into. And I just was not into it. Yeah. That's yeah. All right. So anyway, but uh, I adore her in this. She seems great. <laughs> also, uh, every now and then we say Bazinga. <laughs> Mostly just me. Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that was our comic book store in San Antonio. Right. And that's the only reason why I ever said it. This <laughs> <laughs> Bazinga comment. But the show itself is is really cool. It's very stylized. The intro I thought was really cool. You got up to do something as it was playing, but it's this animatic. Yeah, I saw bits James and pieces Bond of it. Yeah. Kind of credit sequence that was, I think, kind of foreshadowing some of the stuff to come, obviously, just even later in the episode. But I really like the show the uh, multiple frames within one screen kind of deal that they have going on sometimes at different points in the show overlapping each other. I wasn't like a huge fan of. I didn't even know. I'm not talking about like when two people are talking on the phone either because that's pretty standard. Right, a split screen like but, that. But uh, other than that, I thought it was great. The cast is, is really good. It's got Rosie Perez that that Tegan was quick to point out uh, is the one of the women from Birds of Prey. Which, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, that's obviously not what not I think of her from, but her big fine. breakthrough, but you know, what would you say was, well, I don't really know either. I, I would assume it was white men can't jump. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or not assume I would guess. Yeah. That would be my guess. What would you guess? Um, I don't know. She's okay. been in so many things here and there, right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. She's <laughs> been in so many things. So. But yeah, I mean, the show itself is just, it really draws you in and makes you want to know what, what is going happened. to happen going yeah. forward. Flight attendant hooks up with this guy in, Bangkok? where were they? Bangkok. And wakes up to him murdered, right? Mm -hmm. And from there, it really kind of takes off and is, I don't know, just really an intense study of how this woman is, is reacting to that, right? Yeah. Where she calls her lawyer friend and then it's this painful sequence where you're watching her try to clean up yeah after oh gosh clean up the crime scene i was like yelling at the tv like just call the police but then there'd be no show so <laughs> well that yeah, yeah and that was the conversation she was you know the conversation with her lawyer friend kind of paints the picture of why she is not going to call the police right and and then as the show wears on and she's trying to just extricate herself from the situation and get on the plane and be gone and and she keeps having these weird it's funny because it's she gets sucked back into the room with the dead body who she's having a conversation with. Right. It's like a weird, like out of body. Yeah, it's not almost, just they make I mean, it seem like it's not just in her mind. experience. Yeah. Right. Uh, we don't have, I guess, too much to say about it because we've only watched the one episode. Mm -hmm, and sure. uh <laughs> Yes. I'm telling you, it's only one episode that we watched. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it goes from from this point forward. Speaking of only watching one episode, we, we just started rewatching Ted Lasso. I think we just made it through five episodes yes, tonight. we did. Good news. Uh, we were Still right. Still great. Still good. Oh, gosh, I'm just so happy to be watching it again. It makes me laugh. It's even like it's just as good, if not better, the second watch because you can like you get that like feeling of like anticipation for like the parts that you are excited to see coming up. But we don't we don't really need to go no. into it all. I just love it. I just. Feel good comedy of the year. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. 
See, I could be a critic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we also, on HBO Max, watched Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, this this was really good, but it's also true stories are a bummer because, like I said before, it just shows real life being really shitty. Um, I can't get over how awful the stuff that happens in this movie is. Yeah, it's... So- it's directed by Shaka King, and it's the story of the chairman of the Black Panther Party from, I actually don't know the years, so I don't just paint myself it's into in the, a corner there. It's in the late <laughs> 60s, right? <laughs> but Early Fred 70s? Hampton, I can't remember now. Gosh. Yeah, who is played by Daniel Kaluuya, who is awesome. Yeah, he does such a great job. I mean, the acting in this is really great. Like, yeah. All the characters, all of the... He's definitely the soul of the movie. And then, uh, was it Lakeith Stanfield plays mm-hmm. William O'Neill? He kind of, he's the, I think, main character of, of right. the movie. We right, we follow the, him. Yeah, and they kind of start the movie else, off yeah. with this interview that he had for, what was it, um, Eye on the Prize 2, some kind of CBS or PBS documentary. documentary. Yeah. It's funny because in the beginning it's Lucky Stanfield sitting down as the character to begin the interview. And at the end they have the, the actual, actual clip footage, uh, Bill yeah. O'Neill sitting down to, to do the interview and he starts talking, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's all about, you know, kind of the black Panther party and J Edgar Hoover and how he characterized them as this internal threat to national security. And you get to see the chairman's leadership in the party and, his kind of belief and how he built this rainbow coalition of collecting other people who were similarly disenfranchised. Yeah. It wasn't just about the black Panthers. He pulled in all these other people. It was just, it was really good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just so tragic and like disheartening and I can't even like come up with like the, the full words of like how it makes me feel. Cause you kind of feel like have things really gotten better? Well, yes, but also no. And there's still so much that needs to happen. And it's just so like devastating. And like, I feel almost like hopeless sometimes with this. So I really, really liked the movie, but it made me, it did, I think it's job where, you know, it made me feel horrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I don't know if that was. <laughs> I mean, it was just not not horrible in a way that I don't know. It it just was so. Yeah, it's very emotional. Emotional. It's yeah. um, it is tough to watch. It just that I think is definitely the point to show the struggle of you have to be able to fight for change in the and, world that you and want. the sacrifice that you have to make in yeah. order to try to get there. Yeah. And the Daniel Kaluuya character, the Fred Hampton, you you see some of his personal life, the difference between the the person he has to be leading the party, and then he also they also introduce uh, Deborah Johnson, who's played by Dominique Fishback, who was also really good. She was really good. And yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. Jesse Plemons was also in it as the uh, FBI agent who kind of uh, recruits Bill O'Neill to be his informant in this. Yeah, in this scenario, it's so manipulative and like. Yeah, and and at the same time, I think that you and I might have had maybe a different different view on the Bill O'Neill character as far as how he was portrayed in the movie. Just you seem to have more sympathy for him. Yes, because he did a lot of terrible things, right? But 
where did he start out in life that made him get to the point where he was in a situation to have to make those choices? I mean, I'm not saying that that excuses the decisions he made and the actions that he took. I'm just saying that wouldn't he wouldn't have been an easy mark if he wasn't out trying to commit crimes to further his life because, you know, if he had better opportunities before that and even trying to extricate himself from that situation later, they showed a little bit of how difficult that was. A little bit, yeah. Not he's, he's that he tried more... too hard, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, like the money though, the money, money is king, right? Money, cash rolls, everything around me. <laughs> right? You can please cut that out. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> the money is a hard thing to turn down when you've lived your life struggling so hard to get that, you know, like it's a big motivator. It's a huge motivator to do things. And a lot of people commit a lot of crimes and do a lot of things for money because it's a hard thing to get your hands on when you are. Yeah. I mean, my reading of the character was just, even though he might've felt some regret at some point, he still pressed through with, you know, the ambition of what's, what's good for him. Right. But ultimately what happened, he, he thought about all of the things that he did and he couldn't handle it and he took his own life. Yeah, that's not good. No, that's it's what not. I'm I know. I'm saying it's just tragic for everyone. Like it wasn't. He didn't get a fair shake either. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a tough watch. It was not the kind of movie we usually are excited to watch. But I was excited to watch this for the actors, for the story. And oh yeah, it was definitely worth the time. It was, it was really great action even yeah. though it's not an action movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I really liked it. It was a great watch. I yeah. mean, it was, it was a great movie and it left me still thinking about it and still feeling about it. Yeah. So I think a little turn into something lighter. A lot, we, a lot lighter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We also watched weathering with you, right? Which is an anime movie on, Again, mm-hmm. HBO Max. And has a lot of non-real life things, which yes. makes it a whole lot less shitty. <laughs> yeah. And it was directed by Mikado Shinkai, who also did Your Name, mm-hmm. which we just recently talked about. It's a 2016 movie that we just watched a few months ago. Right. Uh, but we really loved that movie. And this one was, I think it would do this movie a disservice to try to compare it to Your Name because, at least for me, it was not as good. No, I don't. I I wouldn't say it was as good either basically it's the story of this teen runaway hodaka who is escaping from his village to tokyo and he meets this girl named hina and she's a sunshine girl who can basically pray away the the weather and the tokyo is just right at least temporarily yeah under constant strain of rain that just won't stop coming and long story short these two kind of get together decide to start up a business uh, where she will offer her services to pray away the the clouds, at least temporarily, and bring right. the sun over specific events or whatever that client wants. Uh, and she's taking care of a younger brother. Their parents are gone, and Hodaka has obviously run away. So it's just kind of a teen romance with a pretty clear environmental message, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
you know, they go into a lot about how the sky and the sun and rain will affect people's moods and people don't realize. And Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, but I think mostly it is about relationships, right? That's what I think the overall takeaway is. Yeah. And I think that was about probably, love and sacrifice. Yeah. So the story does get a little muddy, especially the action that's playing out on the screen at some some points. It's kind of like, well, this is animation. We're just going to do what we want. How so? Well, when they're kind of falling through the sky or. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's like magic and they can do that. <laughs> right. I think, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. I think that a lot of these kinds of anime things, you just kind of have to accept that they're in a world where like fantastical stuff happens. And that's just like a, all right. You know, I mean, just watching like Miyazaki films and your name, like there's just like weird stuff that that's unexplained that just is there to service the story of the relationship and the, the human condition. Yeah. And I, I, that's the best part of the movie is the relationships, not just between Hodaka and Hina, but the the little brother yeah. who's really funny, Nagi. And Mr. Suga, mm-hmm. and his niece, and just the interactions between all these uh, different characters. So there are the the relationships that I really enjoyed. But I think I don't know if I said it was my favorite part. Did I say that? Because my favorite part was actually the background of the city of Tokyo. Oh, yeah, so beautiful. Even like just the establishing shot, as it were, because it's not filmed on a camera that way. It looks like real sky and like beautiful cityscape. And then you see Hina's face um, through a window. And it's, I mean, it's gorgeous. Like the animation in in this, it's it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It could be Tokyo, exactly, for all I know. Mm -hmm. And if it is... Awesome. I want to go. I want to go there. <laughs> but it really is beautiful. The cityscape is just ridiculous. The setting of the movie is perfect. And at some point they say that, uh, you know, Tokyo was underwater 200 years ago. <laughs> right. 200 years ago. No, yeah. it wasn't. So is that true? Did you Google this? I, I mean, I did look it up. I read a couple articles about, you know, Tokyo as a city and how it started. And so it used to be called Edo and it was built on two crossings of ancient rivers. So, and it was a very, the economy there was very dependent on its access to water. It was almost, I guess, people compared it to Venice as far as like the canals and everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, at this point, it is definitely, one of the articles I read was, talked extensively about how bad the water system has gotten in Tokyo and how hard it is to get people to care about cleaning that stuff up. Um, huh. So I know that there's like some like reclamation stuff that happened because they... You know, when they built like Disney Tokyo, Tokyo Disney, like they put that on like a, I don't know, yeah, landfill? Yeah. Like what, it, they put it on something that used to be submerged, really right? Really difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pulling that from the Imagineers, right? Um, the, yes. We did watch. <laughs> yes. But there's also like a lot of that kind of stuff in um, the Sailor Moon books, like oh, different okay. parts of Yeah. Yeah. But all that to say... At the end of the movie, I mean, spoilers, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is kind of weird that the the decision is all about the relationship in the movie. And they yes. let the city become submerged. Um, right. And in a way, they justified that much earlier in the movie. Right. Where it was, you know, we have a picture in our mind of what things should look like now in the earth. But we've, our time here is really 
short. So we really don't know what it looked like a long time ago. We don't know how normal these weather weather patterns are. Um, It did leave. It did like seem a little bit like. Are they saying there's no such thing as like climate change (laughs) and like humans affecting climate change? Um, It felt a little bit like that, but I don't think that was really the point. But that was like my first instinct was like, oh, what? Are they saying we're not actually affecting the environment and the environment just like is an unknown thing? I just kind of had to shove it to the side or as I guess I, I didn't really pick up on that. So I would have to think about it and probably rewatch the movie. Yeah. When they're in the more. temple with the old grandpa. Cause I don't think, I think that was the opposite of the message of the movie. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. but they did specifically say like, Hey, we only think it's normal to, to have a sunny, warm summer because that's what we've been used to for this number of years. But we don't know what that looked like 2000 years ago. Like, I mean, essentially is what they were saying yeah. for a, in a very small part of it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, what, what did you think about the decision to save this girl? Like, I think I, I kind of like it. Cause you expect, you, you expect her to, to make that ultimate sacrifice. Which she was willing to do. Right. Right. And I think, I guess that's what's, what is important. Sort I, of. I don't know. Un- I don't until know. the city is submerged in water. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought it was, mm, it, it wasn't my favorite. Not that I wanted her to sacrifice herself. <laughs> I just it wasn't my favorite movie. I guess. Uh, yeah. As far as I think it was just problematic because there's be like no happy ending, really. Right? You know. But yeah, I mean, I I think the two main characters got their happy ending. Yeah, but it was a struggle, right? Yeah. So it was fine. Yeah. Ultimately, it was definitely worth a watch. Yeah. I think you liked it it more than I did. I could tell by the look on your face that you were satisfied (laughs) at the end. Uh, But love it. Love makes you happy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, the one little note that I saw in an article that completely escaped my attention while we were watching it was uh, I guess there was a cameo in the movie by Tika and Mitsuha, the two characters from Your Name really yeah which i where were they i have no idea i'd have to dig a little on a train in. were they on the train were they on a train in the rain <laughs> oh are you done rhyming <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so I, I don't know we'll have to we'll have to go back and find them i think but yeah i think i think that's it are we gonna go back and find them I that seems will, like something well, we not won't like do pull up the movie and search for them but okay. i will google where they were at <laughs> Not insane. Yeah, that sounds um, better. Yeah, do you have anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll wrap it up then and uh, come back next week. Yeah. It was fun. It was smart. We liked it.